Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew all month long. Go trick-or-treating with us. That means brand new shows in addition to our regular Tuesday release schedule. This being episode 356 and returning guest, an incredible horror-obsessed friend, Lydia Hurst. We catch up with the multi-award-winning creator and actor to chat about her brand new frenetic and fun vampire flick, Slayers, a time of release in theaters on demand and digital now. Also starring Thomas Jane, Abigail Breslin, and Mullen Ackerman, we talk about the wild mechanics, blood, weapons, and syringes in this comic book style genre adventure. Hear her amazing recommendations of some of the best in horror TV and film for Spooky Season and beyond. Plus, head into the theater to discover some of the amazing things she's uncovered as the official returning ambassador of Screamfest LA this year. Also, a journey into her absolutely astounding screen-used movie prop collection from the history of horror. She is simply the best. Episode 356 with Lydia Hurst is now slaying. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studios, an exceptionally talented storyteller in every sense of the word. She has built an incredible legacy in the world of fashion as a multi-award winning supermodel who has graced the cameras and stages of the most renowned photographers and publications in history. Her acting career began with a resounding impact in the show that would change pop culture forever. Gossip Girl then came feature films with her entrance into the Cabin Fever franchise, earning Best Actress for 2015's Stealing Chanel. Eli Gesner's incredible Condemned, Tara Subkoff's hashtag horror that had its premiere at the Museum of Modern Art. She crept into your nightmares with South of Hell, Sci-Fi's critically acclaimed Z Nation, The Shadow Diaries, and most recently, the film's Eileen Wernos, American Boogie Woman, and Titanic 666. She continues to explore projects with the most thrilling creators from Eli Roth to Jason Blum, Nicolas Cage to Natasha Lyonne. Her passion for the horror genre is next to none, and through that, she has become one of the genre's biggest ambassadors through her multiple partnerships with ScreamFest, the largest and longest-running horror festival in the country, and by elevating the genre every chance she gets, including as a producer herself. The thing that makes her character so wonderful to experience is her joy and excitement for the genre itself. It leads to total commitment and immersion into every role. She leaves nothing on the table and embraces these stories to build unforgettable moments with whatever it takes as she is the ultimate fan herself. It makes what she does so uniquely powerful and fun. Her latest is a wild vampire horror comedy she stars in alongside Golden Globe nominee Thomas Jane, Malin Ackerman, and Academy Award nominee Abigail Breslin. It's about a vampire hunter who uses a crew of social media superstars to infiltrate an ancient bloodline. Slayers is in theaters on demand in digital October 21st. We are honored to welcome back... The amazing Lydia Hurst. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming back. First of all, congrats not only on Slayers, but on all the amazing projects Thank that you. you've been consistently churning out over yeah, an insanely challenging. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> over like a crazy few years. Yeah, right? yeah. And I some of them I was 
super pregnant, like Titanic 666. I was about six months pregnant during that production. Wow. Um, And then from there, I pretty much went on to bed rest. And then I, you know, had an emergency C-section a few months later and I was back on set eight weeks postpartum. So I really didn't get that much downtime. (laughs) Oh my God. Where was Slayers made in the midst of all this? Slayers was made, oh gosh, I want to say... A year and a half ago, maybe almost two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was a little bit before I became pregnant. Uh, wow. <laughs> well, bes- so besides that, though, talk a bit about the Lydia of 2019 and the Lydia of 2022 and maybe some of the, I guess, perspectives and insights that you've gained that have helped you continue to be creative during these past oh, few years. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I was incredibly fortunate that I, I kept working straight on through the pandemic. I did the Eileen Warnos, American Boogie Woman. Mm-hmm. I did Slayers. I did Titanic 666. I did another film called Turning Point that I worked with DJ Qualls on. So it was fun to reunite That's after awesome. Z Nation. Yeah, um, nice. So I kind of just kept it going. But it was interesting because obviously the sets were a lot smaller. We were under really strict time constraints. Like we did American Boogie Woman in 12 days. No wow. way. The whole movie was in 12 days at the height of lockdown and the pandemic. And it was just skeleton crew. So it was just, it was very different than a normal production where there's a lot of people running around. There's a lot of, you know, energy and excitement. And this was, it was a bit more subdued, but at the same time, because there were so few of us. We still got to actually hang out and got to bond and got to be really close because we were just in this bubble together. I actually have a screen matched prop from that movie. Oh, really? Can you guess? Oh, I don't know. Was it my big hat? I have no idea. <laughs> it's the Dinah's fried chicken tub. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought it was so funny because it's I like, end up with that. It is. No, it's, 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 I bought one, you know, randomly. Okay. And I thought, this is not changed since 1960s. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so crazy. <laughs> when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, I know where they had lunch. <laughs> nice. So Slayers ended up having its world premiere just a few days ago. It's it Fest, did. Yes. Right? Yes. That was exciting. And so you're ambassador of ScreenFest again. Again this year mm-hmm. how does it feel to be back in the theater and how important do you find that experiencing the magic of cinema particularly horror films on a giant screen in a dark room with a couple I mean, hundred people there's is? there's nothing else like it it's just the entire audience creates an atmosphere of excitement of fear of just this charisma i mean when things happen on screen you're, it's just this shared experience where you're laughing, you're jumping, you're startled, and there's nothing else like it. I absolutely, I love going to the movies. That was the one thing that was really hard for me during the lockdown because yeah. I love horror, I love films, I love the cinema, and so I wasn't able to go for so many years. And now, finally, after all of this, being able to go back to Scream Fest and I mean, I'm exhausted, but it's, it's a great feeling of exhaustion because I've been there for so many nights and seeing the films and moderating the Q&As and getting to just engage and interact with not just the filmmakers, but the audience, too. It's just there's nothing quite like it in the world. Oh, my God. Talk about some of the films that you've seen that you've been loving at ScreenFest. Oh, my gosh. There have been quite a few in my brain. I have a mommy brain right now. Sure, so I might sure. not remember everything. Oh, I know um, that. But there was one film that was really, I mean, actually, they've all been really good. But um, there was one, The Loneliest Boy in the World, that was really mm. unique. And I guess they've had the script for 30 years. Oh, my wow. God. They've what? To, they've been trying to get this movie made. And it finally just got made. The cast is phenomenal. And it's very stylized, but not too stylized. And the location is just 
breathtaking and so weird and fantastic. And the actors are all great. And the story itself, it does leave it leaves something to the imagination and sort of for your own interpretation because it's very curious as to like what what was imagined and what was real in the film. And it's very, it's very interesting to kind of see it play out. And it's really fun. And there were actually moments in that movie that it was not your typical horror. It was actually, there was a lot of heart in it. And there was a moment that I almost started tearing up and I was like, wait, I'm supposed to be watching a horror movie, but I'm feeling (laughs) these emotions that that are like, like haunting of Hill House. Like I'm actually getting really emotional and like sentimental with these characters. Oh, that's amazing. I haven't seen these selections. Uh, Is there a, trend this year there's a lot more horror comedies comedies. this year that that's there's definitely been a lot more comedies that are coming out of the festival and within the horror genre which is really interesting and i mean i love horror and i love all the subgenres, and it's nice to see all these refreshing takes on horror and comedy there was another one i saw the other night actually right after slayers and it was called mad heidi okay okay so casper van dean plays a fascist cheese overlord in a dystopian parallel timeline. Like <laughs> wow. a fascist cheese overlord? Yes. Like Brie and Gouda and... Swiss. Because, it's oh, in Swiss. because nice. it takes place in Switzerland, so they call it a Swissploitation film. And wow. actually, there is no horror in Switzerland. So this is like the first horror movie ever made, apparently. Oh, it's Yeah. Wasn't uh, Let the Right One In Swiss? No, that was... No, Norwegian? that was um, Swedish. Swedish. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my there's God. not horror in Switzerland, so it's like a Swissploitation film, they're oh, calling gosh. it. And it's just so amazing and so absurd and just, you can't take your eyes off the screen. It's really weird and fantastic, and I cannot recommend that one enough. Oh, I love this. What's it called again? Uh, Mad Heidi. Mad, Mad Heidi. Heidi. And there was another movie, God, I feel bad, I have to... For a while. So Matri- oh, so Hulu's Matriarch, which I think also comes out this Friday on Hulu. Not to promote a movie competing against my own opening night, but <laughs> I gotta say, this movie was Another like really, really good one. This was, I guess how to describe it. It was a like UK folk horror. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds so weird. And it's female led. So there's like two really strong, really incredible female leads starring opposite. And the dynamic is just awkward, but. I don't want to say beautiful because it's really sick actually and okay. just twisted and you don't really know where it's going and a lot of crazy stuff happens to say the least. Like there were definitely moments that the audience was just gasping and screaming because the things that happened, I don't know how they got away with it. Like, I don't know how they shot some of these scenes. It was pretty like, oh, wow. Oh, no. Holy jeez. <laughs> like Terrifier 2? Kind of like gore and stuff, no, or just like just, just wrong. Like, like what? This is yeah, it, not right. Yeah, more just like oh, I'm pearl clutching. Like what is happening? Wow, here? wow. <laughs> but it was so <laughs> masterfully shot and directed, and just fantastic. And the performances were so powerful and good. Like it was, it was really good. So it's been exciting to see all of these filmmakers coming out, all of the talent that's been coming out, and just. Also, the excitement from the fans who were yeah. there to support oh, these yeah. projects. And they're all just 
really cool and really different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're touching on something that I wanted to mention too, because horror really has been the savior of the box office since the mm-hmm. pandemic. Even yeah. like during the pandemic, the first movies that did really well are like Spiral and Godzilla yeah. versus King Kong, yeah. A Quiet Place Two, uh, The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It, and those are kind of the movies that got people going back to the theater yes. again. And now we're seeing these unprecedented successes at the box office from horror films like Terrifier 2, an yes. indie horror film, right? It's I, I'm selling ashamed out I have not gotten to see that one so yet. We ended up going yeah. to see it in the theater last week, you the week oh before. Oh my goodness. Packed theaters at yes. AMC. I, well, to it's see coming back apparently horror. for a third weekend. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that now, we have the streaming explosion. Like Shudder right. has like exploded, oh right? Yeah, yeah. But also not just Shudder. Now Amazon has its Amazon own like, horror and, franchise yeah, right. coming yeah. out. Hulu's and I think got stuff. In a couple nights, I'm doing the closing night for Amazon's and Blumhouse's latest horror thriller that's coming out, Run Sweetheart Run. Oh, yes. So it's yes. just yeah. like all of these films, there's an explosion of it. And also, I mean, Hulu with their original horrors, like everyone's sort of tapping into the horror genre. But it's really cool because it's giving so many new filmmakers a chance to get their films made. A chance, like they're having opportunities that they might have never had before. Sure. Which is so spectacular because there are all these platforms and like, yes, there's a lot out there and some people might claim the market is oversaturated with things. It's not. If you're a fan, you're going to find something you want. It's actually perfectly saturated because there's enough for yeah. everybody. Right. And horror is not just, you know, the scares and the gore. I mean, there are the subgenres of like the horror romance, the horror thriller, the horror psychological, the horror comedies. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. actually is something for everybody now. And it's kind of exciting to see people really bonding over different types of horror films now that's true and i mean you've had two movies you know released in that stream or at least two american boogie woman and titanic 666 yeah. right that went to streaming yeah one what was you, netflix and one was Tubi. yeah there so you go <laughs> what do you think what do you think is behind like uh, it seems to us anyway sitting here that horror is having a massive renaissance right now it is what do you think is. is behind it you know, I actually don't know, but I like it. Yeah, it's I amazing. Mean, I, I mean, it's feel the best like horror time to be a horror needs to start fan. taking over the Oscars, quite frankly. It's about time <laughs> horror gets, it probably will this year. It, it really yeah. is about time that horror gets its rightful place in the Oscars. Yeah. It's it's long overdue. A thousand percent. And so and again, as as a creator yourself, so in the space because we we have this question a lot too. It's ripe. Is is it ripe with opportunities and potential, or is it overwhelming and harder to navigate? Because there's so much noise out there too, right? I mean, of course, there's a lot of noise out there, but there's always been noise out there. Yeah. I think what's really nice, like I said earlier, like these filmmakers and also actors, there's more opportunity and right. more stories have the opportunity to get told and get made, and it's really amazing, especially with what I've been seeing at Screenfest, the films that people are still making, they're not big budget films. I mean, even the ones that I'm making, they're not necessarily big budget. We did the Eileen Warnos in 12 days. We did Titanic 666 in about 15 days. Um, You know, they're all moving pretty fast. The one that I just wrapped not too long ago, I think we had two and a half weeks to shoot that one. Amazing. So, you know, you're you're making these films at such a fast pace and everyone bonds really quickly because you're just in the thick of it. But... It's just it forces people to get creative because you don't have the time for things to go wrong. You don't have the budget to do the CGI. You got to get down and dirty with the special effects and just and the practical effects. And it just I don't know. It might be a little gritty, but it's cool and it's fun. And it's really amazing to see what people 
are capable of and what they can really do. It's yeah. just, it's neat. And I yeah. do think it's great that there's more opportunities because I think in the past people probably had scripts and like that movie I mentioned before, Loneliest Boy in the World, they've had that script for 30 years. And after watching the film, it was a fantastic and incredible script. So why that wasn't made before, I don't know. It clearly wasn't the right time, but it's a near perfect film. It really is so spectacular. Mm. And it's just, it's great to see that now, after all this time, they finally were able to make that. On your recent uh, titles that you just mentioned, the movies that you're in, not only as an actor, but you're also a producer on these films. Yes, uh, some you, of them, yes. Some of them, okay. <laughs> do you, uh, how involved are you with, with these? Are you like uh, involved with the the production, the pre-production to say, hey, we can shoot this faster, cheaper, or location-wise? Or I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Um, no, like for, you know, for the American Boogie Woman, um, I was a little bit more involved just with you know, trying to help them with efficiency and making sure, sure we're all there, get things going. And then I help, you know, trying to get some of the score and the music and the soundtrack there in the post. So mm -hmm. that was kind of fun. Nice. And then with Slayers, I was really involved on that. Like I was on set, I was seeing not all of the dailies, but some of the dailies because I was still having to work and yeah. <laughs> play my character and yeah. work really late nights. Um so that was pretty cool. And I think I was actually the first person to sign on to Slayers um, back, you know, a year and a half before we even got this movie off the ground. And so it had a totally different title, a totally different script. I've seen sort of every iteration of it. And I helped sort of get the financing for it and secure some of the talent. Oh, that's, wow. a, that's so amazing. It's kind of exciting cool. to start working on things in that regard and sort yeah. of see how it goes. But also being behind the scenes, it's like, it is a miracle anything ever gets made yeah, because right? <laughs> there are so many politics and so many just hurdles and obstacles you have to get right. past. It's crazy. Would you, is, it, is it something you want to continue doing or did, did you? You know, I think it actually is. Yeah. Um, I'm still learning those. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I think it'd be fun to kind of get deeper involved in the production side, though, because I, I love I love filmmaking. I love movies. So it just sort of feels natural to want to get things made yeah. and see how it yeah. gets made and but then the Virgo in me like if I look at a call sheet and I see like the layouts and things I'm sort of like um well you know if you switch these things around and this person was here and like why are they all here at the same time like so I might be a little annoying but I <laughs> that's what a producer's supposed to do but that's what they need yeah exactly I'm like the neurotic Virgo who's very efficient <laughs> that's what they need that's your role would yeah. you ever want to direct something I don't know um maybe but that might just be, I, I don't know. I don't want to rule it out. Right. But I don't think I'm quite there yet. I don't it'd know. It'd be cool to see. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. No, it'd be <laughs> great to see. But sure. I think having your own production company so you can call your own shots. That would be fun. Stay indie so yeah. nobody can tell you what to do. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Sort of like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Rob Zombie. Yeah. Or, but he also directs and does all that. So that's, yeah. that's a whole other level. Yep. But yeah, it would be pretty cool. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you were the first to sign on. So tell us a bit about the whole, how it started. And uh, the director is a Kay Asher Levin. Yes. Co-written by Asher and Zach Imbrono. Worked on a project you worked before uh, on before called The Shadow Diaries. Yes. So just talk about how this whole thing got drummed up and how you became the first um, to be signed So on. I actually signed on to Slayers before Shadow Diaries existed. Wow, okay. So it was like way, 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 way long ago. Um, and it was just a much earlier version. And I don't think Asher was actually directing at that point. I think oh. he was just going to be a producer. And it was it was a fun script. It was totally different. 
Did it um, still have the thing with social media? No. Personality? Wow. Well, it, I mean, it had that they were personalities, but they were more like celeb personalities. Okay. And so it was kind of finding its voice. And so it was really cool when Asher started reworking the script with Zach and they really broke it down and then went through a few more changes. And then it sort of became this iteration that you see on the screen. So it was really cool to see how much the characters changed. Because at first we were actually like at the wedding day in the wedding dress like wow. in the venue, like ready to go. And then we get the phone call like right before she walked. Like that was a really early script. And they get this call right before Liz walks down the aisle and she's like, oh, wait, no, sorry. Hold on. We're not going. And like she pulls him back. And so oh like, and that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, like that, that would have been fun. <laughs> but again, when you're in the height of the pandemic and time yeah. constraints, you can't really do that. So yeah, it was, just, it was really cool to see. And it was fun to see Asher and Zach working together and make it what it is and like how much all these characters really like evolved and grew like it was really cool you know before even when it became the start of what it was I think we were all YouTubers at one point and it was kind of like Logan Paul's house or one of the Paul I don't really know them right, but right, right. one yeah. of their houses where they're all there and running around crazy so there was a there was a script where it was kind of more like that, but then that was another totally different direction. And then there weren't any redeeming characters. So, <laughs> you know, he had to dial it back a little bit. And that's yeah. where like Abby's character came in where she was, you know, the sort of Instagram goddess. And then the Flynn character that Kara played came in of the gamer. Yeah, so it was, yeah. there was something relatable for everybody and it made sense why we were all together and such strong really characters cool. too. Yeah. it was yeah. awesome it was really to watch. cool awesome it was fun and i think one of the the things that, that one of the elements that a viewer is going to pick out instantly is almost like startling and just out of control creative mechanics of the actual storytelling itself yeah. right like the way that, that we're attacked with an actual scoreboard that follows the vampire mm -hmm. and human yeah. kills and, yeah. and action so is like fun. commented on screen with this it amazing really text fun. splashing yeah. everywhere it's really visceral <laughs> what kind of sense did you get of that frenetic style that ended up being the final product in, in terms of that that voice in the initial scripts was that there could you even there read into that not really there was a little bit yeah but it was kind of like you know when you're sitting down talking to asher he's like yeah so we're gonna do these things it's gonna flash and like you know it's one of those things when you get to know asher you're just sort of like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but i'm trusting but in this. yeah <laughs> i really I trust you and i know that there's something working up there yeah. and i know it's gonna look cool i just i I have an idea. It's probably not right, but I, you know what? We're doing it. Okay, we're we're just gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, and I mean, on that note, the writing is really innovative yeah, too. It breaks really the fourth wall. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and that was really fun. And yeah. that was, it was unique because that doesn't happen very often, and it it doesn't happen very well very right. often. Sure. So yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. was pretty fun and a bit kitsch, and yeah. I, it just added this whole other element to it that made it a lot more enjoyable, and it kind of broke up the film and. Yeah, which, I mean, Thomas did a great job. Oh, it was so awesome. good, He did man. a really good Especially job. Especially all the historical elements, all the characters yeah. from the street. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Using, like, like, <laughs> using old yeah, reels really like footage funny. and yeah. stuff and putting vampire teeth on <laughs> right. everyone. Yeah. I love that. I, my, one of my favorite parts is actually, what, like, he changes the soundtrack in the middle of a scene just as <laughs> right. he's narrating. Yeah. It's a good yeah. <laughs> what do you find that all those elements kind of, uh, you know, the finished product, what they do to the journey of watching this film, the I experience mean, of watching this film? It really brings you in yeah. and it really just, especially when like Thomas is doing that, like you said, the music is changing and everything's kind of flashing <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it just, it 
it sucks you in and it kind of makes you feel like you're right there with Thomas and that he's talking to you. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you're having a conversation without saying anything. And he's <laughs> like, you know, like that scene where I, I don't want to give anything away, but like my character does something really dumb and he's like, wrong answer, sweetheart. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. not what you do. And it's just, it's really fun. And it adds, it adds kind of the comedic element and the lightheartedness to scenes that, when we shot, like they weren't funny when we were shooting them. Like those were actually quite serious scenes, but we needed to lift it up a little bit, especially for the audiences. So it was kind of cool that Thomas was able to do that and break things down that way. It was fun. What was the first time, like the experience you initially got to hear the voiceover? Obviously he wasn't doing it on set, right? So you got to see it. So the first time I got to hear it was in like a much earlier rough cut. And it was so funny because like, I would hear his voice, but there was like nothing on the screen or like even in those other screens sure. that things are flashing around. It's like yeah. insert of a clip and insert. And so I'm like seeing the screen literally says like insert of a clip on it. And like there's just random oh doodles God, on the screen. And like, okay, I'm getting it. Like, that's cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Don't know where it's going, but I mean, I like what he's saying. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it plays off like. Like a living comic book. Yeah, really. it really yeah. does. Yes. It's cool. Is, it's fun. Yeah. What was the first scene you guys shot? Oh. Did you shoot Ooh. it in order um, or was it we all? We did not shoot it. That's a good question. I have to try to really rack my brain and try to remember. What was the first scene? I mean, we filmed in New Mexico, most of it. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Although, weirdly, the opening scene we actually shot in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Which is so <laughs> great. I know. It was so crazy. Um. Gosh, what was I feel like some of the first scenes we did were the party bus scenes. So I think we actually sort of shot that kind of backwards. So we were out in the desert with Thomas on the road. So we pulled the van over first. And I think that was actually the first scene that we all shot getting off the bus and encountering him. Interesting. And then we all had to get back on the bus and then pretend we're like partying and trying to go there. <laughs> yeah. So New Mexico, is that where the Rector Manor is? Is yes. that a set or a real house that you guys It was, it was a real house. Very oh. cool. Yeah. We were out in Albuquerque, New Mexico on some crazy, massive mansion estate thing. It was really awesome. And they had the stables were there. Everything was all there. Wow. Yeah. Cool. It was really cool. So the stream team, right? Mm-hmm. Hilariously and very tragically <laughs> accurate, right? <laughs> So tell us about Liz and what made her fun to play. I mean, she was just so different from me. And like there there really is nothing redeeming about Liz. She is not a good person. She is out for herself. She is sort of a vapid pseudo socialite whose singular goal in life is to not necessarily be famous, but infamous. And she just, mm. yeah, she just really wants it all. Nothing is enough for her. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun just because, you know, it, that's so not me. Like, I'm barely on social media. I don't really do that much. And I just, I like to stay home. I mean, I'm putting in a bunch of apple trees. Like, I'm not really that crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was just, it was really fun because she was just so, so like, extreme. hey guys, like, and subscribe. Yay! Yeah. And like, yeah. no, we're calling off the wedding. We can get married anytime, guys. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys all look like you're having a blast together. It was fun. Team. Did it you guys do anything off camera to sort of decide different things to play with or did you like like anything on your search to kind of bring this crew to life like i mean it was more just because again it was this was another pandemic movie so we were all kind of quarantined Ah. together so we just sort of got this off-screen camaraderie which made it really fun to kind of play with one another so there were just all these moments where 
you know, Asher, I would say 90% of everything that was in the movie was written on the page. But at the same time, he gave us this like leniency and ability to put our own little twist on things and find our voice and play with stuff. Like I remember when we all went into the house, there was a bunch of weird stuff all over that house that like props and people had set. And like Abby, literally when she picked up the thing, that was her literally, she picked it up and was like, Oh, baby feed us. And like, <laughs> like that was just real. What? That really? was literally was real. Baby. And the camera just happened to be rolling. Oh so. my God. Baby panda, panda? Was it baby panda feed us? What was it? I don't, panda? honestly, I don't know what was in that thing. It was but it was <laughs> well, they just shot it to the eBay listing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Which is really cool. Because yeah. we actually didn't know what it was at the time of filming, and we're all like, "What? That's amazing! <laughs> That's amazing! Wow!" That's so funny. it was just kind of fun that we did get to actually play a little bit with these characters. Yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wh- what did you like about working with uh, Malin Ackerman? I mean, she's amazing. She's, she's, she's one of the nicest people ever, and we just had so much fun doing that scene. Um, although I remember it was so funny because, like, I am terrified of needles. So when she had to come out with a needle and it actually was like a real vintage needle. So it's like we had to film the scene up until. And even that bothered you, knowing that you're not going to get injected with a real needle. Yeah, but no, it was a real needle. Oh, so what? Even just the fact that you knew she wasn't actually going to stick it in your neck, though. She did push it to my skin because in the movie you see it starts to go into my skin. So she does press it actually like just against my flesh. So it starts to indent. And I'm I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, I'm trying so hard to be calm, but I have like a huge, like it's the only thing like I I can't look at them. I don't like, it's just, that's why I could never do Botox or anything because if someone had to come at me with a needle, oh I would just God. start, hyster- wow. like I'd start hyperventilating and sobbing. I couldn't do it. I oh. <laughs> so as we're filming that scene, she's literally like holding my hand with one hand as I'm like, okay, okay, we can do this. <laughs> oh, that's glorious. It was the crazy a thing massive you, needle too. <laughs> you can't like react to that or, or speak because no. of the muscles in your neck, your, mm-hmm. your face. And I'm supposed to be really accidentally yeah. injected. Hey, right. yeah, get, and I'm yeah. supposed to be like really excited. Excited, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna oh, die. <laughs> oh my god! So it was just, it was fun because, you know, thankfully she was literally there holding my hand. But <laughs> oh, the Boo Crew will be right back. Hark, a film of tender love and the screams of vampire death. Now there's a powerful motion picture that rips at your emotions. The Vampire Lovers. It brings you beautiful love and vampire evil, and it'll drive your mind through a thousand terror-filled moments. You'll hear whispers of warm desire become shrieks of chilling death. You'll taste the deadly passion of the vampire lovers and become a slave of the damned. You'll discover the sweet embrace and the deadly kiss of blood nymphs who refuse to die. The Vampire Lovers. It's in color. And it had to be rated R. Under 17 must be accompanied by a parent or adult guardian. Don't miss The Vampire Lovers. Maybe we'll do a spoiler alert here. We have to talk about it. You get to turn into a vampire. 
I do. And that's pretty freaking cool. Yes. It's awesome. pretty darn cool. Yes, it was, yeah. it was really fun. Yeah, I, I can't complain. It was pretty awesome. Did you get to work on and develop what your version of a vampire would be? Well, a little bit, but at the same time, I'm really only me as a vampire for a minute. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm still, I don't think I really know what it is that's going on. Like, I just think, oh, my God, this is so great. And, yeah. like, yes, and totally, we have to do this, not realizing what actually going through with all of this fully means. Because if my goal is me, Liz, I probably wouldn't have done what I did. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so were those contacts? They oh, were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask really about like what the, the VFX versus practical yeah. and all the vampire yeah, no, stuff. So we had the teeth molded into our mouths and yeah, we had all the contacts and they had to spray the veins and the whole thing. It was, it was pretty so cool. cool. Wow. How long did it take to get like all made up? You know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It didn't take that long to get all like gross and weird looking. That's great. So I mean, it looked <laughs> impressive. That's so all that I matters, know that right? That's about me, but I don't know. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> um, but it was it was pretty cool. Like I, I just I love getting all that stuff done. Like it's just it's fun. Like all the veins and all the like contacts and all that. Although I feel bad because I think for they're supposed to technically like have like a contact person who does this, but I wear contacts sometimes right, like when my eyes get to. tired i put kind of was like just give me i just just give me the contacts i don't need someone else trying to shove their finger oh, in my yeah. eye trying yeah. to do that no yeah. thank you you're <laughs> always so great with practical effects though and everything you see yeah it so much. <laughs> yeah it's not a horror movie unless lydia's covered in blood exactly. right although much to chris's dismay i usually drive home covered in all of that stuff <laughs> right and he's right just like paranoid that one day i'm either going to get in a fender bender or just like pulled right, over and be like what is wrong with you oh my god <laughs> or like i'll have to stop to get gas and i'll just terrify everybody <laughs> right one of my favorite props actually this is a, <laughs> a crossbow with a with a fucking iphone mount on it yes. pretty i know that was pretty pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie that was very cool yeah. <laughs> did you end up did you end up getting to take anything from your character no. or any, uh, anything from i that have movie? my wardrobe that's, that's cool it. that's all i have so <laughs> and that is pretty cool but that crossbow yeah that was that yeah, was a really, really that was a good prop i hope badass. asher still has that or yeah. at the very least Kara. like that right. was a cool prop seriously iconic that. iconic to the movie right know, it definitely speaks to the Somebody's you know the have that. The, the the meta yeah. mashup yeah. of what this movie is which is cool yeah although i'm curious because you know there were a few endings to the oh, film interesting. so we did we did shoot some endings too which we didn't really get to that part, so I'm curious. I, want, I really need to have a conversation with Asher to see what uh, what's next for these characters because we know that Beverly and Steven died. Yeah, at least that version yeah. of them. But I wasn't in the mansion, and he was still semi blood transfused. Right. So you know, Jack. You know, who knows? Is he still really him? Yeah. Or is he a weird combination? Like, we don't really know. So there is a chance the story might not be over. That's awesome. So you haven't talked to Asher about I mean, if we've they had, got the... We had conversations before, and I think, I mean, honestly, I think the main thing is finding out, hoping that audiences love it as much as we love making it. Yeah. Because so, it'd be kind of awesome if we got to go back. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It'd probably be a little bit darker, but it'd still be pretty awesome because I would imagine Flynn would have to 
take over Thomas Jane, and there'd probably have to be a little bit of a time jump. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, there's so, there's so but many But I don't know. It's up to Asher. I'm not a writer, so I don't know. But, you know, I'd like us all to come back. It'd be fun. I mean, it was just so much fun to work with everybody, too. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Oh. And what, what would you say are some of the benchmarks of Asher's directing style? You've worked with a lot. Yeah, I mean, he he's a real actor's director. Like, he wants to make sure everybody's safe and comfortable with the material and with what we're doing that day. Um, you know, especially because there were a lot of fight scenes in this, too. Sure. And it was like, he, he was really just on it to make sure that everybody was comfortable. We'd rehearsed it. Everyone knew what they were doing. And so it was very refreshing and nice because sometimes on indie films, you don't get a lot of time to yeah, rehearse right. things. So it was good yeah. that, like, even on such a tight schedule, he just really wanted to make sure that, we were all in it. And again, like he helped with the camaraderie of all the actors, making sure we had those moments to work on the material, to break it down, to bond together. And I think that helped with all of our characters kind of having that relationship when we're on the bus and, you know, getting eaten by vampires. <laughs> I'm also curious as far as just indie filmmaking goes and your experience with it. Talk about a challenge maybe that you remember occurring during the production and how everyone was able to work or improvise around it. Uh, Anything come up? I mean, I think the biggest challenge was that it was the height of the pandemic. So right. getting everybody to New Mexico and quarantining, that was a pretty big because everybody had to get there. I think Chris and I actually drove. I oh, want to wow. say we just powered through and drove out there. Um, so it was just kind of one of those things that everybody needed to kind of find a way to get to Albuquerque and be safe. It was literally the height of the pandemic. No one knew what was going on. I mean, it wasn't like it is today. So it's like people were not in contact with anybody. Everybody was minimum six feet apart for yeah. the most part, completely masked up, just completely in this bubble. Like you couldn't get takeout. You couldn't. I mean, the whole world was shut down. So it was I think that was honestly the biggest challenge. But at the same time, it it did really bond all of us because we were just in it together and all in the strange place that was away from home yeah so, were you were yeah. you guys having to do like rehearsals or anything over zoom prior we to did. this we had a couple zoom meetings before we actually all left for albuquerque so it was interesting because normally you sit down with everybody face to face and instead you're seeing everyone's little face on a screen yeah so like the first time you were really getting together yeah. you were cutting these scenes every, every table read <laughs> and all the breakdowns initially were over zoom did you and guys have to little screens and faces <laughs> did you have to test every day like we did, COVID. yeah. Every day, everybody was testing every single day, and we got really lucky that we nothing yeah. happened. And unfortunately, Asher did get COVID, but after production. But I mean, yeah, it was one of those things. But yeah. thankfully, we made it through. So, yeah. and we're all okay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's great, and a killer movie at the end, which it was is fun. which it is was great, which fun. is great. <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, collecting. Uh, Lydia is yes. not only a resounding supporter and creator within the horror genre, but she's also a curator and preservationist of its history. <laughs> so, tell us about a bit about your journey. Uh, share with our listener with collecting items from horror films and how it started for you. Uh, it started for me with Gremlins. Yeah, was that, that the yeah, first one? Gremlins, yeah. like years ago. That was my first one. Um, and I think I got it from Prop Store, like before anyone knew what Prop Store was. Yeah. God, it must have, it was over 10 years ago, I think, at least. Um, and so I got one Gremlin. But then, of course, I needed another <laughs> one. Yes. And then. Was I, that when, like, Rick Baker was, like, selling yeah, off his whole I think so. Studio, and there were much. just Gremlins, and no one was bidding on them. Yeah. No one wanted them. No one was interested. And then another auction happened, but it was. I, I think it was whatever it was, it was a different time zone. So I was not like 
on it. I yeah. kind of missed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and do those ones in the I UK. Wrote, yeah, and I wrote Prop Store, and I was like, oh, no, is the Mogwai Lenny still available? Like... What happened? Lenny's the best. But no one, <laughs> but they had him. No one bid on him. It oh, was wow. like a lost cause. I don't know what was going to happen to him afterwards. And so I got him for just the basic bottom. That's amazing. I, now wow. I have Lenny and I'm so excited. Oh, that's so <laughs> fun. I love him so much. <laughs> so what's, what's the magic in it for you? What, like when you hold or get a screen used piece of mm-hmm. horror history, what, like, what does it invoke in you? What do you love about it? It's just because it's, Everything that I have is from movies that I love. Yeah. So to actually bring a piece of that home and have it in my house is just so cool and so amazing. And like, and I know it sounds silly. Like I, I like I don't actually have anything in display cases. I literally am like a big kid. I run around the house with them and I like set up photo shoots with my little That's props the best, and like though. silly stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure like other collectors might be like, oh no, it has to be preserved. Like there have been a few that I've had to get fixed because like. I bump them into a wall them. or right. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. tossing them around and I'm like, yay! Like I've brought some of, like I brought one or two pieces randomly to Scream Fest and I like set them up in the theater That's seat and great. I look like a psycho, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm like, well, they awesome. need, you know, and I literally look crazy because I, you know, Scream Fest, like when I go, I usually shoot images in the theater, like literally five minutes before the camera rolls. I set up an immediate, quick, instantaneous mm-hmm. photo shoot with one of my best friends, Kaylin. And I have looked like the crazy person <laughs> in the theater where I'm like, well, I need my popcorn. And, you know, <laughs> Tiffany needs her popcorn, too. And I'm like getting popcorn for me and popcorn for Tiffany. And they're like, uh, OK, that's the best. Great. I, love that. that's great. I love that. And you can always get stuff fixed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I just I love my props. I, I have so many crazy props and pieces, but it, it started with the gremlins and I don't know where it's going to go next. It'll never end. But I, I know, <laughs> I know. End. We have the same it's, sickness. It's, and it's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sort of, I tried to say it would end with my Necronomicon oh, because I love so cool. Evil Dead so yes. much. And that growing up, um, Army of Darkness was everything to me. Like Bruce Campbell, God's gift to mankind. Mm-hmm. Like I was obsessed with him. Um, probably why I married a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, that movie, like I made my parents play Army of Darkness over and over and over every single day when I was a kid. It was just so fantastic and ridiculous and perfect. So Chris actually got me the mold of the pit wench. No way. So I have her head. Are you kidding me? Yeah, We've so not seen like, this. I, yeah, he got that for me not too long ago. And that's oh like... Congratulations. that. And I also have a mold of Evil Ash's face. Oh. And then I and then I got Bruce Campbell signed it when he came over one day, which was just oh, that's cool. so awesome. Oh and God. then I have my Necronomicon. So I'm like, oh, it's like my holy trinity of yes. <laughs> army of darkness, evil dead that's things. Cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Did you have you ever I mean, when you met Bruce, obviously, did you tell him how much it meant to you? All this stuff? Or I, did you I kind of be like, I ah. tried to play it cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I really want to be like, um, you were like my first man crush. And I think you're amazing. And. And I've seen everything you've ever done, and you're awesome. But Army of Darkness is like the greatest film ever. Oh yeah. my god! Well, for anyone listening, I mean, so you, you actually ha- have a Necronomicon. What is it like inside? Is it actually every like single all this stuff is written? Is, or? Yeah, every single page has writing on it, wow. and like there's a few duplicate pages, but sure. almost like or semi-duplicate, but like every page has some incantation, some like 
detailed image on it and it's just so creepy and so fantastical i i love it and it all looks like hand painted like it's yeah. not like yeah, printed yeah, yeah. off no, from it's a not printer just like or printed anything off. no it's it's really intricately done i probably should get a case for that because i don't think i should be like i need to like wear gloves or i should not just be like flipping through it like yay <laughs> well i'll tell you like uh, like i watched this guy like forrest ackerman who founded famous monsters of filmland magazine mm-hmm. used to have this place in Los Feliz mm-hmm. that he called his Acker Mansion and he would have people like come and visit and he was this phenomenal collector but he was the same way not like one thing was really behind any glass and people he like people love that they could go there and touch and open and because you don't get that experience no, ever so to be able to no, do that is just, pretty I, amazing I know, but it's sort of like but then there's collectors, you know, people that collect like the toys and the dolls and yeah. the all sorts of models where they're like, you can never take it out of the box. It devalues right. it. And I'm yeah. literally the jerk where I'm like, I just bought this first edition comic because I want to read it. No yeah, one else has read it. And it's like, I know that's really bad. Like there have actually been comics Chris has taken away from me because he's like, you can't do this. Like, stop it. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, you know, you're a collector who doesn't you don't get stuff for the intention of getting rid of it. No, right? I you want, want to preserve to it, preserve it and experience exactly. it and enjoy it. Like, exactly. yeah, I love looking at it but I yeah I'm a big kid I'm never gonna lose my childish enthusiasm it's just not gonna happen so it's it's like Scarlett our 13 year old it's like (laughs) Um, so do you think for Halloween I can wear the Megan Fox Jennifer's body <laughs> the actual screen uh, costume prom dress to school I, like, usually, oh, I right. usually draw the line there right, 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 right. careful and I'm right. like yeah I'm thinking no yeah <laughs> is there anything that you still would love to obtain that you haven't been Probably, able to find yet um, I'm sure there's things I'm sure there's a lot of things out right, there but right. I I Thankfully, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but I know there's probably a a lot of stuff. You've got the addiction under control. I mean, I've just sort of, you know, I'm right now I'm in the new mom territory. I'm very hyper focused on like taking care of her. But like there's other types of props, not just horror that I get. Like I've been trying to get actually like random, like big fig characters and creatures. And so her room is a little bit Snow White themed. Very cool. Um, So... I only have three of the seven dwarves, so I'm kind of I keep searching periodically oh. to see if I can find the so rest. So those are like li- Disney made like a limited yeah, number of those, and wow. they must exist somewhere. How but tall it's like are a, they? Uh, like two feet. Two yeah, feet like feet tall. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember when they were putting those out. I mean, yeah. So so far, I have Grumpy, Bashful, and Dopey. Oh, those are the only ones I found. Well, so it's a, the thrill of the search is the best part of the whole thing, <laughs> right. right? It makes it yes. really rewarding. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we definitely want to hear about, as far as the Halloween season goes, everybody's mm-hmm. always looking for the movies to watch over the Halloween season. I would love to get a list of maybe five movies that you think oh. would just everybody's got to experience. It could be recent ones. It could be old classics that you always I, go I to. I actually, I'm, I'm going to have to pull out my phone. Yeah, please I literally do. just started making a list. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh cool. I should make a list of movies. Yeah. So let me see if I can find it. I have a lot of random. There were a few series. I don't know if you guys are into like the horror series. Sure, like, for sure. So there's a few I got super into. Have you seen the series from on Epic? No. <gasps> That's a good one. Do and tell. I think they're in the middle of filming season two right now. And okay. it, I I love it. Chris loves it, but I guess he was one of the really big fans of um, Lost. Okay, yeah. Um, and yeah. I guess a lot of fans got burned by that show. So he's going into it with like a, okay, but it better not be a Lost oh, type of it. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So, and I did not see Lost, so I missed the boat on that one. Um, but 
I'm super obsessed with it. The cast is phenomenal and amazing. And it's basically you can somehow wind up in a town. No one knows where this town is because the town kind of pops up anywhere and everywhere. You just never know where the town is because they've, they've tried to locate it on a map. And the way that people have come from and where they are traveling on the road, they're all from different places. So the town exists like outside of where we are. But once you enter the town, you can never leave. Oh, that's incredible. So like you drive out of the town, but then you're driving right back in the other. Oh, wow. Get out. But that's not even the end of it. There's all sorts of weird things happening in the town. Like at night, creatures come out. They're not vampires. They're not demon. We don't know what they are. But also the townsfolk don't know what they are either. So it's really interesting because they're discovering the lore along with you, which I think is really cool and kind of unique in telling this story because the the township, um, they've only recently just discovered like these medallions. So they used to have to hide at night and bury themselves underground and like go into these bunkers and these little places because there was no safety, no security. And so anyone who was there was you know, disappearing, getting torn apart, having horrible things happen because these things that we don't know what they are that's coming after them. But then, you know, I'm not giving anything away, but they find these medallions. And so now they can sort of have residences and homes because for whatever reason, but we don't know why they're safe with these things. But then there's all these questions that arise, like no one knows where this town is. How do they have electricity? Where's the electricity come from? And they're trying to uncover all these things. And there's also a supernatural element and it's it's quite spooky, but at the same time, it might be good. We don't really know. And it sort of leaves off where at the end of the season, again, I'm not actually spoiling anything. Some people venture off to try to find the edge of the town if they can. They know they can't get on the roads. Maybe they can get out through the woods. We don't know how yeah. far they're yeah. getting. But there's also other creatures out there that we don't know about. That So it's bad enough when you're in that town, but once you... Go into the woods. Could even be worse. We don't know. There's other (laughs) even worse things out there. And then at the very end, like a a bus pulls into the town. So we I'm we're curious. I don't know who's on that bus, but it's it's a bus full of people. So I'm I'm excited to see who the new cast members are and who they're bringing in and what dynamic is going to shift in the show. But it's it's really cool. That's a that's a good one. Have you checked out Chapel Wait? Yes. Yes. Oh, it was so, rad. I liked yeah. that one a lot. I really, really, that was the other one yeah. on Epic, so it was really good. Was I think They're doing another season of yes. that, too, aren't they? I heard, yeah. yeah. Yep. When, when do you know any? It's coming one soon, one I think. Real, like, yeah. it's, like, be already filmed? I think so. But I think Ooh. there's, like, a time shift. Time shift, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know, other than him, I don't know who else is in it. I don't think anyone else is in it. I don't know. Yeah, it might be closer to Salem's Lot, maybe, the timeline. Oh, oh, interesting. Maybe, yeah, interesting. Maybe. I love. Yeah, I mean, that I, was it. I'm such a sucker for the time period that yeah. it took place in Chapel. Yeah, it was like it right. Was really the, good. Like even had that old world Halloween yes. episode. Yes. yes, it was the best. It was awesome. It was that was that was. A really we have to good rewatch yeah. that, that at least that really episode yeah. <laughs> over the season. All right, so from. Um, I really I got into Losa Spookies on HBO. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen that? I have not line? seen that ah, either. That's, it, that was not scary though. It's more just like it's hilarious yeah. and so weird and <laughs> just bizarrely wonderful. Who's behind that one? It's uh oh my gosh, so, so, the, the Brazilian comedian. Uh, actor, yeah, um, yeah. I I don't remember Phil, his name. Uh, Fred Armisen. Oh oh, oh wow. yeah, Fred Armisen. But yes. then there's someone else too yes. who I think like co-created yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, the guy with the blue hair on the yes. show, but I don't know his name. Yeah, that one's amazing. It's What's not like premise? straightforward horror, but 
it, they're kind of like a, a company called Los Spookies, and they create fake scares yeah. for oh. people. It's a business. Interesting. Like, if you want to scare but, somebody, you hire them kind yes, of thing? Yes. Great. I love that. But then at the same time, there is this weird supernatural element yeah. to it, too. And it's like comes out of nowhere, and you're like, what the heck yeah. is going on? Like, it's just, it's really well done and weird and the characters are true characters and it's that that's a good one <laughs> i remember there's a really good exorcism episode oh yeah <laughs> that was <my> favorite one. <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's a wild ride it's it's yeah. worth worth watching um and as far as like series i got really into sweet home on netflix another one i've not seen oh, that's a, that's oh a good one God. i mean that one's definitely got a lot more cgi so you kind of have to embrace that sure. world and go with it but Dang, that was a really good CGI one. CGI doesn't bother me when it's done done well. Right. It, it's so, done yeah. well. It's a lot of fun. It's really intense and amazing. Like once you start watching that, you're not going to be able to stop. Don't let your kids watch it. Okay. That's really <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't opinion. let them watch it. Um, <laughs> Because there's definitely some moments where you're like, oh, no, oh, no. Um, but yeah, that was a really, really, really good one that I highly recommend as far as like binge watching series. Okay. Especially, you know, in the pandemic and all that. Like, yeah. I feel like all these series and things that you could watch was kind of the saving grace, at least for my Sure, sanity. for sure. <laughs> and so, God, so many of it. Yeah, we, we got into Servant at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. my Shyamalan show, which I, that's coming back uh, around oh, the holidays, right? Probably around January. Christmas time. Yeah, it's the final yeah. season. Oh, wow. So it's the final. That's a good one, too. I think yeah. his daughter had a, had a bigger... Uh, I think she directed or wrote more oh, episodes wow. than the last season. So. That's cool. Yeah, so it's going to be fun That's to really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm so curious you, to see where that one goes. Yeah, no, yeah. I, can't, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And I love how that show is like, you know, in like 30-minute increments, which yes. is easy yeah. to digest. And it, it just gave you just enough to keep you coming back for more, which, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and satisfying you at the same time, which is a challenge, you know, yeah. especially in 30 minutes. That, and it made uh, food creepy. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having him be a chef. We actually went, they did a pizza tie-in. They did a pizza oh, tie-in wow. with Servant that had a pizza place in Santa Monica making the pizza that they made on the show. Oh, that's really cool. Like the cool. weird flavors. And so what we- What was it called? Oh, the Jesus Crust. Jesus Crust. Yeah. Jesus Crust. Oh, well, yeah, the pizza place is like, I forget, olive and something. So it's like pizza with like, it was it's weird, really good. weird gourmet flavors, right? Like like an egg on it and stuff. And, and like oh, a wow. pear. Yeah, like a pear on the pizza like and it was phenomenal and it, you know it was made so that like the main character which i forget his name uh who plays the chef right, on the show right. would have made yeah. the pizza wow, and they sold it in special crazy. cheese's crust boxes like they did that's on the show cool. it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so so you got your series how about yes. some features how about a couple features um I feel like every year I always watch Trick or Treat. Hell yeah. That's so just good. what it, and it's, it's amazing that that movie just now, I think, didn't it just get theatrical? A theatrical, release? yeah. After all these years, it finally made it into yeah. theaters, which yes. is so crazy. This like tiny little cult horror movie that was yeah. so underrated for so long finally came out in theaters, which is so great. Uh, and it's being really embraced cool. as yes. like, like I remember like when we saw it at some screening at some festival it's years amazing. and years ago, they weren't even going to release it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it it's like a Halloween so classic. Good. Yes, now. yes. So and one of the funny. props I have in my house is Sam too. So oh, I'm, I mean, I love yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I also, I love Night Eats the World. I have not seen this. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a really 
good zombie movie. Really? Okay, it's we gotta watch really, it. really good. It year? What, what year was it made? In France. Um, it's relatively new, a couple okay. years ago. It takes place in France. You have to watch it. When you watch this movie, though, you really have to watch it with no distractions, no phones, no kid, probably no kids running around. Yeah, yeah. Hard, <laughs> um, hard thing to do, but we'll- yeah, <laughs> maybe like after the kids have gone to yeah. sleep, watch it. But you will want to have the volume up because it, there's just these subtle sounds and elements that play into the movie that adds this whole other level. Kind of like the house I told the movie I told you guys about before. Um, haunt, was it haunted house or? Oh, I that one on was my really good. List. Oh um, yeah. The haunted. The haunted. The haunted. That was, yes. that was great. I love extravagant. that. One. So it's yeah. it's a similar feel in the sense that sound plays its own element. Sound or lack thereof plays its own oh, element, wow. which is so effectively creepy, creepy yeah. in this film. And it just it it honestly I think ties with Train to Busan of like a perfect zombie movie. Oh wow. It's so good. It I really love that one. So that I cannot recommend that one enough. Oh, I like From the Dark. Another one I haven't seen. Oh, it's an, I mean, there's a few. They're from the Dark and the Hollow, but the, I feel like I'm going to tie those together because I got other ones too. Um, those are Irish horror movies, but From the Dark oh, the is an Irish. Yeah. But From the Dark is an Irish vampire movie. And it, again, it's just so well done. And it was. it's an older movie. I mean, older. It's like maybe 10 years old. Okay. Um, but it's kind of when in Ireland they were just kind of dipping their toe into horror and it's all practical effects and just so brilliantly done. I think there's really only like two people in the whole movie and yet it's so good. Wow. And the, the bog sort of plays into it and there's just all this like true Irish legacy and landscape and it's just really really dirty and really good and i don't mean dirty in like a gross pervy yeah. way like yeah. it's just like there's it's filthy everywhere because they're in the bogs but it's just it's oh, yeah that's a good one and um, yeah the hollow is corn hardy's movie that's right yeah, yeah who ended up doing really the nun and i think one. is corn hardy no it's not corn hardy's doing the nun too michael no, shav's doing the nun yeah. too yeah. yeah who did uh who did uh the curse of la llorona yeah yeah oh yeah that was good yeah well, also a good um movie. and then i'm sure you guys have seen this one though one cut of the dead I have not seen it. <gasps> no. Not seen no. That You're like blowing exactly our minds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you guys didn't no. see that movie. Oh, my God. Who are we? <laughs> no. I thought I was out of it because I had a baby and I haven't really like a... been able to watch a lot of movies lately. Um, <laughs> like a Diet oh, Coke podcast instead. Yeah. Oh. What the? Wow. One Cut of the Dead. All right. Do what, tell. So, Okay, so this movie, I'm going to try to explain it without giving anything away. So you're going to sit there and you're going to watch this movie. And you can watch this one with your kids. You're going to think I'm crazy. Oh, though, wow. Okay. okay. Um, you're going to think I'm insane. Uh, so you can watch it. So you watch the movie. You hit play and the movie starts to play. And there's a movie that plays on your screen. And it, it is one solid take. This entire thing that plays out on your screen. But I want to say about... 36 minutes later credits roll the movie's not over it's literally just getting started oh this is cool so don't because i was really confused when i started watching it i was like what what, why is the credits rolling what's going on and like thankfully i hit pause and i was like wait there's like still an hour and a half left what the heck is going on here so i let it keep playing and then the other side of the movie happens and it's just brilliant especially like anyone who's a fan of horror anyone who appreciates and loves horror anyone who works not just in movies but horror movies in particular and special effects all of it 
brought in. It is one of the most masterful, brilliant films, I think, ever made. It is so well done. Like, I cannot, like, that is probably one of the top greatest, not just horror films, films ever made. And I, like, it is mind blowing. It is so meta. It is so phenomenally well done. Like, that should have gotten an Oscar. Like, that movie, it should have gotten more than an Oscar. Like, that movie is so crazy. The writing, the way that it's done. And when you're watching it, you're like, how, how did they accomplish? everything that they accomplish because damn it's that good wow we gotta watch that it's like that is that one will it will blow your mind but again like i'm I'm telling you like a movie's gonna play and you're gonna think i'm really weird and crazy for recommending this because you'll be like okay what the heck am i watching like what i can't like okay i mean i guess it's good why really this what and you're gonna be confused (laughs) And then credits are going to roll. <laughs> That's and so weird. And then a weird. whole other thing's going to happen. I love this. Like, what? <laughs> I love Sounds it. Sounds awesome. Oh my God. It's really, yeah, that is, that is like, it is just mind-blowingly good. Oh, my God. Especially, like I said, like, if you love horror and if you've ever been on a horror movie set and, like, been behind the scenes and seen how anything happens and anything goes down, like, it, I think anyone who loves horror and anyone who especially works in the genre has to see this movie because you will have such a deep love and appreciation for what they did. And I don't think it could ever be recreated. It could never be redone. Like it was perfect and it was brilliant. And I still, I like, I've seen it probably a dozen times. I'm like, I I just can't believe they actually like pulled this off and did this and like, damn, it is good. Oh man. I'm so excited. You mentioned it. You mentioned it. It's a one take, right? So the the first or the, movie in the, the movie, of, no, 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 it's one take. It's one take. It is one take. I feel the like first part. I feel like that's that's something that horror filmmakers are not doing enough of. Because mm. there, oh, what was her name? Who plays a uh, Scarlet Witch? Um, oh yes, yes, the um, the Silent House. Silent House. Yeah, that was great. Oh my god, that's. I mean, it gives the illusion of, of one take. Yes. Fine. Well, I think, well, it in, technically in was yeah. one take, but the thing was that they had to do because it was so long. What happened is when the screen actually went dark and like it was black in the house, that's when they would change the battery pack right. or they'd pass the camera off because right. it was so heavy to someone else. So it, it wasn't like it, it basically technically was actually one right. crazy take in a bizarre way. Yeah. I feel like that's a gimmick that needs to be, done again yeah you know, for like, sure that's why you gotta that's see why, yes, one kind of day right. yes. <laughs> that's gonna be our boo crew horror homework yes. <laughs> but, I swear you, but I I want you guys to text me after you watch it yeah. because I want to hear your genuine thoughts don't just tell me you love it if you think I'm no, like, no, weird I, but I'm you excited. might think I'm crazy after the first credits roll though because you're gonna be like why did what is, why? <laughs> that, I mean, every movie you've ever recommended has been amazing. <laughs> yes. So I, I, you know, but you I, have to let it keep playing. It's not over with the first credits. I swear. All right, all right. Uh, we're down. We're down. Those yeah. are fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much. For you. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, we've kept you. We've kept you for long enough. I hate to have you go, but hey, we, we, you know, we, you, you got stuff to do. Please come back. Yes. So, uh, Lydia, I mean, congrats on Slayers, and thank uh, you. most of all, I mean, thank you for being you and for taking us along. 
along on this yeah. incredible <laughs> journey as a as a storyteller and supporter of, of the best genre out there. We we love you. You're amazing. I mean, yeah. I'm so happy to be back here with you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love awesome. you guys. I know Chris Aww. loves you guys. We all have to get together, yes. not just recording, but in yes. real life. Please. Yes, definitely, definitely. Sure. All right, Lydia. Thank you. Thank you. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 356. Special thanks to our guest, Lydia Hurst. At time of release, see her new film, Slayers, in theaters on demand and digital now. Production tracks provided by the good folks at Power Man 5000. Till next time, this is Trev. And on behalf of myself, Lauren and Leo, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand. And... Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shen, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shen. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.